I want us to come together today and let's believe God that in the days ahead, that every day you see something that you don't like, you just say, Father, I thank you what Satan means for evil. You're going to turn it for the good. You know, he's real good at turning dirty water into wine. Amen? And there's a lot of dirty water in America right now. But let's also pray that all things hidden be brought to the light. Amen? Come on, just that God will expose. Come on, somebody say expose. Come on, lift your hands and let's pray for our country. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. and Father, we thank you for this great country we live in, founded on the Word. Father, we thank you, founded on religious freedom. Thank you, Father, for our country, the greatest giving missions country in the history of the world. And Father, we know Satan desires to sift this country as wheat. But Father, we just declare in the name of Jesus that everything Satan means for evil, Father, you're going to turn it for the good. Father, you're turning it around. You're turning it around. You're turning it around politically, financially, in every area of this country. Father, you're turning it around. And Father, we declare a great revival, a habitation, a visitation coming to America, to God's churches, to God's cities, to Minden, to the Christian church at Minden. And Father, we declare all things hidden be brought to the light. Father, expose, expose, expose. Turn on the light. Father, in Washington, Father, in the media, Father, in, in every area, in the news, Father, all things hidden be brought to the light. And Father, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. Thank you for our country. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said, amen, amen. You can be seated. Praise God. Good to be here this morning. Everybody looks good. And uh, Laura and I are excited. Got, got, got Laura here with me. Everybody give, give them a hand right here. I've got my two daughters with me right over there. They came in. We had a wedding this weekend over in uh, Ruston, Louisiana. My brother's daughter got married. I did the ceremony, and they came in. So I got Madison and McKinley. Give them a hand clap. McKinley is at Victory Bible College in Tulsa, and uh, Madison is at Texas State there in the New Braunfels, San Marcos area. And proud of both of them. And uh, Keegan, he's, uh, he's up at the University of Kentucky cheerleading, so... They're all, they're, all, they're all over the place. But uh, that's a good thing. Amen. Always, always good. To, one of the churches we always end out the year in here is with Paul and Ginger. And love your pastors, as y'all know, their family. And, uh, you know, I was thinking earlier today, you know, I'm in about 50 churches a year. And I've been doing that for 20 years. And, uh, you know, one of, one of the big temptations when it comes to pastoring a church or and when it comes to just being in a church or, or just churches in general is um, it's real easy to kind of fall into a rut, you know, and you've been in one church, you've been in them all. <laughs> you know, and uh, everybody tries to be, you know, jack of all trades, master of nothing. They kind of fall into the same routine. And, I mean, you know, church is never meant to be boring. No, and we're not all supposed to be doing the same things. Now, we're all supposed to be building the kingdom, but how many know there's a lot of different ways to do that? Amen. And so one of the things I appreciate about your pastors and I appreciate about CCM is y'all aren't trying to be like every other church. Amen. 
You know, you've been in one church, you've been in them all. Not this one. Not this one. You know, y'all aren't trying to be like every other church. Y'all are just in, in, endeavoring to do what God's called you guys to do. And, and, and that's so many areas, whether it's the food pantry, reaching the next generation, missions. I mean, you guys do more in one year in missions than most churches do in 10 years. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap for that. Amen. Now give your pastors a hand clap for that. Because ultimately that comes from, that comes from their heart. You know, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of people talk the talk. <laughs> but they walk the walk. They put boots on the ground. And, uh, you know, they started off years ago sending people, to, sending money to the world, sending people to the world. Then they were going to the world and then sending more people to the world and then taking people to the world. I mean, y'all, y'all have impacted so many nations right here from Minden, Louisiana. Isn't God good? God's good. Praise God. Uh, hey, just a few things before we get into the word. Um, first of all, you guys are family, you know, and everything we do. Y'all do every everywhere we go. Y'all go because y'all are such a, a great partner church that helps us do everything we do. And I just wanted to give you a brief update. We uh we were in Bulgaria uh, first of the year, uh, right in the spring. We're getting ready to go back in March. But y'all were a big part of that. And uh, out of all the things we've done in other nations, that was that was one of my favorites because we what we did is we gathered all these pastors from around the nation. And uh, we brought him into a hotel in Bonsko, Bulgaria, about a about an hour and a half north of Sofia, which is their capital. Beautiful hotel, and uh, three days, two nights. All they had to do was get there, and uh, we we covered all the expenses. All the all the food was included, and when I mean food, I mean good food. I mean it was it, it was not. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't what you're over there eating in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> not porridge and uh they were so blessed and we just got to spend time with them and break bread and and uh they hadn't got to see each other in a while you know they they a lot of them hadn't seen each other since before covid and some of them had never met and for just three days two nights man we just poured into them prayed over them preached to them uh i had some other ministers with me and uh, we're getting ready to go back in March, and uh, we're going to go to a different part of Bulgaria. Pastor Lubo uh, is going to is going to head this one up. Pastor Augie and Sophia uh, headed up the one. We're going to reach out to more pastors that didn't get to go to the first one. And it's about all together. It's about a ten thousand dollar seed that we sow into those pastors, and you guys are a part of that. And so, Lauren, I just want to say thank you. Amen. Amen. And so always follow us on Facebook and you'll you'll know everything we're doing and everywhere we're going. And we always put pictures up of everything. And so uh, it's good. Hey, um, second thing is we, we've got a table back there. And one of my daughters, both of my daughters, they'll, they'll be back there. But uh, first of all, you want to sign up for the daily move. But you know what? If you put that image up, uh, the easiest way to do it is just take out your phone real quick and uh pop that pop that qr code and you can sign up and it's free every morning a little daily move come your way and uh takes about 10 seconds to read it but it packs a punch and then what we do is we put a lot of video updates like when we go to bulgaria different places we'll put uh we'll do a little video update and shoot it out to everybody and that thing goes out all over the world uh every day and it'll be a it'll be a blessing to you and so uh, you can you can get signed up there. But I want to do something. I, I haven't done this in a while, but 
there's some things Laura and I are believing God for. Um, the Path TV just launched on a cable channel in Albuquerque last Sunday night. It'll be the second night tonight. And the, the, the Bulgaria trip. And I just feel like we're supposed to do some, some sewing today. And so, girls, all the books that are back there, the, the Build, uh, the Move, uh, you know, the move is from the shallows into the deep, and that's just that supernatural journey. You know, if you're tired of the shallow, you want to get into some deeper waters, that book will take you there. And then if you're interested in knowing what God's called you to do, uh, the build will, will help you with that. But um, I, just, I, I just want to sow everything today. And so all the books are back there. Whatever you want, just... Just, just take it. We're going to sow it. If you want to sow into the ministry at the table, you can. The girls will be back there. and Card, credit card, check, whatever you want to do. But it's, it's everybody say sowing. It's going to be sowing. If you don't have anything, you don't worry about it. You just go back there and grab one of those books. Amen? And so just do what the Holy Ghost leads you to do. Because right now I'm doing what the Holy Ghost is leading me to do. Amen? Uh, last uh, last thing for what we do is tonight at 6.30, we're having Holy Spirit Live. And this is something that uh, we've been doing in God's churches here over the last two years. And it's been, it's really been phenomenal. And um, so what's tonight all about? Getting out of the way and letting the Holy Ghost move. You say, what's going to happen? Don't know. You know, if you're going to allow the Holy Spirit to move, then you can't have it all planned out. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying don't call it Holy Spirit Live and then have it all planned out and then inform the Holy Spirit what we're going to do. And so uh, every one of them that we've ever done has been completely different. And the Holy Spirit moves in different ways. But I can tell you tonight the gifts of the Holy Ghost to be in manifestation. We're going to see some power gifts, some revelation gifts, some utterance gifts. People are going to get healed tonight whether you want to get healed or not. Come on, there's going to be some prophetic words come forth. Uh, it's not going to be the Philip Baker show. Uh, uh, Pastor Paul's going to jump in. God give him something. We, we, it, 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 it's, it's just about being led by the Spirit. Ginger will be jumping in. Miss Laura will be jumping in. We're just going to we're gonna allow the Holy Spirit to move. And then more than anything, I want us all to leave out of here tonight filled. Amen. I know you get saved once, but come on, you get filled with the Holy Ghost continually and let me just leave you with this thought and I'll pick up tonight right here everywhere I go Pastor Paul I hear about you know revivals coming revivals coming revivals coming and I mean it's 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 been like that since you know I was a kid you know uh, but we're at a place now in the church to where it's it's kind of like this and watch my hand because I'm, I'm this will make it real easy the world needs Jesus Amen? The world needs Jesus. The lost needs Jesus. And the church needs the Holy Spirit. That's where we're at. You know when we're going to see revival? When, you, when we're going to see what everybody wants to see? When the world needs Jesus. And the church needs the Holy Spirit. When we get passionate about both that's when we're going to see God move the way we want to see God move. And so uh, tonight, we're going to, it's not going to be a seminar. Don't come expecting a seminar. I might teach for about 15 minutes. That's it. We are going 
to get out on the water and see what the Holy Ghost wants to do. Does that sound good? All right, what time does it start? 6.30. Hey, turning your Bible over to uh, 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. I want to share some things with you um, that I believe that are going to allow you to finish out the year strong. I want 2023 to be your greatest year yet. Is that what you guys want? Come on, raise your hand if you want 2023 to be your worst year yet. Got everybody with us. Got everybody with us this morning. You know, years ago, I was uh, I was a youth pastor in Magnolia, Arkansas. It was right when I got out of Rama in 1990. Laura and I got out of Rama. We moved to Magnolia, and we were youth 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 and children's pastors there. And and uh, on on one occasion, a big time, wonderful, incredible evangelist came and preached at the church. And if I say his name, everybody would know him. But I'm not going to do that because I want to protect the story. And uh, we were taking him back to the airport. And uh, we were over in Texarkana and went and took him to eat at Red Lobster. Come on, everybody say praise God for those cheddar biscuits. Come on now. Brother Philip, you need to get through. You're going to make me hungry now. And so anyway, we're sitting there and we're eating some cheddar biscuits. And uh, this pastor, you know, this guy's talking about all the things that he's doing, places that he's going. And you know, just wear you out hearing about it. And, uh, and then all of a sudden he got quiet. He got real quiet and he said, um, never forgot it. He said a young man came up to him recently in a church service and said he had had a dream about him. And uh, this evangelist said, you know, usually people, you know, they got a dream and I don't know, a dream and, you know, but, you know, he was just, you know, I can hear from God for myself, you know. But he goes, but I just felt like I was supposed to listen to him and you know I said what was the dream and he said well sir in the dream he said you were walking down a, a path you were walking down a road and there was a there was a rope tied to you and the devil was trying to pull you off the path pull you off the road and he would come over here and pull this way and he was pulling this way he said but no matter how much he pulled you he couldn't pull you he couldn't pull you off the path and this evangelist said, he goes, I like that, I like that. Come here, I want you to help me with something. He said, then, he said, then I saw the devil drop the rope. He said, he dropped the rope, and in the dream, he came and got in behind you. He got in behind you, and he started doing this. Let's do it back up the other way. And he started pushing you faster and faster down the path. And that evangelist paused and he goes, you know, he said, um, I need to slow down. He said, I need to slow down. And uh, it was just a real sober moment. And I'll never, never forget it. So why are you telling us that story? Because right now in God's churches and in America, Satan's doing a lot of pulling and pushing. And right now you can't afford to be pulled and pushed. See, what do you mean by pulled? Well, you know, what is it? He, he uses sin. How I many you know sin will pull you off the path? Sin will pull you off the path. Come on, addictions and sin and things that you've overcome in the past. And come on, and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, because of all the stress and anxiety going on in the world right now, come on, that stuff's creeping up and it's starting to pull on you again. 
And then there's just plain old distractions. I mean, there's a lot of people off the path right now just because of Facebook. Just because of Fox News. And I'm not saying, you know, I, I know we should be aware of what's going on in the world, but not aware enough to pull us off the path. We should be aware enough to pray, but not aware enough to be distracted. Right? And then, uh, you know, hurt will pull you off the path. We get bitter, we get un we're in unforgiveness, we get hurt. And all of a sudden, come on, you're stranded on the side of the road, the devil's done pulled you off. There's a lot of pulling going on right now. But there's also a lot of pushing. Pushing, trying to, trying to push you down the path faster and faster. You say, well, what's wrong with that? You know, seems to me that might be a good thing. Well, you know, uh, when you're being pushed, if there comes a point in the path where there's a turn, where you need to take a left or you need to take a right, or come on, there's a sharp curve, what's going to happen if you're being pushed too fast? Come on, you go right off the road, don't you? Can't afford that either. What kind of things pull us? Well, uh, greed. Man, greed will push you. Greed will push you. Some people get so greedy. More, more, more. Got to have more, more, more. Nothing is enough. More, more, more. It'll push you. Can't afford to be pushed right now. Um, pride will push you. How do, real quick, how do I know i got a problem with pride? Uh, I is your favorite letter in the alphabet. I. Oh, I, 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 well, I, well, I, 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 I know. Hey, oh, da, 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 da. yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. I, I know that. Oh my God. I know that. I know that. I know that. I, 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 I know. I know. I know. I know. Pride. It'll push you. But one of the biggest things that pushes us down the path is insecurity. Insecurity. You know, uh, you just, you, you, you got to prove yourself to everybody. Come on, got to prove yourself. I mean, you always use the always use the Tom Brady uh, comparison. The, the dude went in the sixth round, and, and he's still mad about it. Come on, went in the sixth round, won seven Super Bowls, but it's not enough. He's got he's still got to prove to everybody that he is who he is. Come on, he's 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 pushed, pushed. A lot of people are like that. Business people are like that. I know pastors that are like that. I know people that are like it's that it's that it's that insecurity. They always feel like they've got something to prove. We can't afford to be pulled and pushed these days. Can't afford to be pulled and pushed. We need to be led by the come on, help me. Led by the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, at the end of this service, I'm going to ask you what. And I, I'm it's it's it's. It, it, it's a question I don't need an answer to, but it's, a, it's an answer you need to have in your heart. Right now, what are you dealing with? Are you being pulled? Or maybe are you being pushed? And the reason we need to know that is because I want you to thrive. That's the word God gave us for 2022. That's the word Laura and I have been declaring over everything that we do and, and, and throughout all the churches. God, this is the year God wants us to thrive. Uh, that's a lot better than surviving, isn't it? 
Come on, would you rather survive or thrive? I don't want to survive, but that's what the devil's trying to do right now. He's trying to get you into survival mode. If I can just get through the day. If I can just get through this week. If I could just make it to the end of the year. Come on, God, I don't want you to live that way. That's survival mode. God wants you to thrive. Uh, Greg, quoting Ephesians uh, 3.20. Man, that's been our scripture this year. God wants unto God who wants us to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. Does that sound like surviving or thriving? Sounds like thriving. And then there was another word God gave us that connected to thrive, and it was this right here. Thrive regardless. You going to thrive regardless? Come on, I know there's a lot going on in America right now. I know we're seeing things that we never thought in a million years we would see, right? We're going to thrive regardless. Yeah, but Brother Philip, what about the gas prices? We're going to thrive regardless. What about food? We're going to thrive regardless. What about what's going on over in Europe? We're going to thrive regardless. What about the elections coming up in November? What are we going to do? I mean, there's a lot of people right now in God's churches that have set themselves up for for a big a big turn if who they want who who they don't want to get elected gets elected. Well, what if they don't? What are we going to do? We're going to thrive regardless. And there's something needs to rise up on the inside of us as a people and us as a church. And we need to draw a line in the sand and we need to make a decision that what are we going to do regardless of what's going on in the world? We're going to thrive. And so what we're going to do at the end of this service is, uh, you know, y'all had a group go to summer camp, you know, and uh, did they, where, where, where's everybody that went to youth camp? All right. Did they do, do, do they still have the tug of war competitions? They did the tug of war. And so, you know, they did the tug of war competitions and they all look the same. You know what everybody's out there doing, aren't, don't you? What are they doing? What are they doing? Digging in. Say that again. That's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to dig in. We're going to dig in. And regardless of what we see the rest of the year, regardless of what we see in 2023, what are we going to do? Thrive regardless. We're going to see God do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask or think. And we're going to get that in our heart, and we're going to get that in our mind, and that's our story, and we're sticking to it. We cannot be allowed, we, we can't let the devil pull us off the path. We can't let the devil push us down the path. we got to stay with God's Word. Now, are you there in 2 Corinthians 4? I want you to thrive. I want you to thrive regardless. But if that's the case, there's some things in 2 Corinthians 4 you got to understand. There's some things you got to get in your heart, because if you don't, you're not going to thrive regardless. There's some things in 2 Corinthians 4 that if you don't get a hold of, your best days aren't ahead. Your worst days are ahead. And you can sit there and yap all you want to, and you can say some things, but I'm telling you there's some things in 2 Corinthians 4 that if you don't get in your heart, if you don't understand, your best days aren't ahead. Your worst days are ahead. Because there's a difference between... Uh, Declaring words with power and declaring words with volume. Come on, how I many you know there's a difference? Well then, Brother Philip, what do we need to understand? There's a problem with that word. Understand is relative. 
There's things that we, that we understand, that we, we think we understand, but we really don't understand. And we're all there. How many of you thought you understood some things in your 20s and then you got in your 30s and you're like, eh, not so much? Come on, how many things, how many, how many know there was times that you, there were some things you thought you understood before you got married? And then when you got married, you were like, eh, not so much. Come on, there were things you thought you understood about pastoring a church 10 years ago. But now you're sitting here and you're like, eh, not so much. I mean, you know, understand changes. So see, there's some things in 2 Corinthians 4 you think you understand. But understand is relative. So let me, let, me, let me give you a definition of what I mean by understand. There's some things in this chapter that have to become your default. Let's look at that word for a second, default. You know, best way I can explain, I got those computers back there. You know, computers have default settings. Your car out there has default settings, colors and volumes. You got default settings on your phone, right? Uh, you know, I'm 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 an author, so we got you know we got another book coming out here in about a month on marriage. And every time I go over to pages and begin to write, there's a default font, F O N T, and it's Helvetica. I hate Helvetica. Anybody hate Helvetica? I don't know where that, I hate Helvetica. But that's the default font. So every time I start typing, I have to change, the, change it to Georgia. Because I like Georgia. Everything's written in Georgia. Well, you have a default. Every one of you have got a default. When something doesn't go your way, what's your default? What's your default? When something, when something didn't go your way this year, what was your default? When something doesn't go your way next year, what's your default? Every one of you got one. It, you could say it this way. It's your go-to move. It's your go-to move. And you don't even think about it. It's just something doesn't go your way spiritually, physically, financially, and all of a sudden you're in your default and you're doing what you've always done. Do you get mad? Do you get gripey? Gripey. Oh, do you get sarcastic? Do you start biting everybody's heads off around you, especially the people that love you the most? Do you get loud? Or do you get quiet? Do you throw a temper tantrum? Oh, do you slam the door and then you're gone for hours? Do you have a pity party? A pity party. Come on, do you, do, you, do you call everybody and their mama? Come on, and, and, and you gotta, you got to win your case. Come on, do you turn into the, the victim and it's always everybody else's fault? Come on, something doesn't go your way and it's everybody's fault except your own. Uh, did you get your default from your mama? You know, defaults run in families. Did you get your default from your daddy? Come on, if your daddy threw a temper tantrum and slams the door and gone for hours, is that what you do when something don't go your way? Come on, if your mama was a screamer, uh, did she pass that down to you and you're a screamer? Do you, uh, do you run away from God? Do you get out of the Word? Do you stop giving? Do you disappear from church? 
So Paul leans over to Ginger and says, uh, Hey, um, where's so-and-so? I hadn't seen him in a few weeks. Where, where are they? I hadn't seen him. And Ginger goes, Well, they're going through something right now. <laughs> they're going through something right now, and they're just kind of going through a little bit of a storm. And, uh, you know, and, and, and so, you know, when that happens, they'll disappear from church for a while. But just give them time. They'll be back there. They'll be back. They'll be back. What is that? What is that? That's their default. That's their default. Every one of you have got a default. Listen to me with everything in you. I'm trying to be as real and as sincere as I can. If you got the wrong defaults, your, your, your worst days are ahead. You can, you can have all the faith in the world. You can make all the declarations in the world. But if you got the wrong defaults, your best days are not ahead. You, 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 you're going to have to change out some defaults. You're going to have to get rid of those bad defaults. You need to go to Walmart and come on and exchange them. Better trade in the bad ones for some good ones. Amen. And I tell you what, it takes, a, it takes a big boy and a big girl to kind of step outside themselves and objectively look at their life and go, I got some messed up defaults. And it, enough is enough. So look, look at 2 Corinthians 4. I want to read this to you. Look at, verse, uh, look at verse 8 and 9. It says, We're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Does that sound like somebody who's not having a good day? Come on, anybody ever felt troubled on every side? Come on. Anybody ever felt uh, perplexed? Brother Philip, I am so perplexed. Anybody ever felt persecuted? Anybody ever ever felt just plain cast down? Come on, we can all relate to some of those words. You know, we, 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 we call this stuff the storms of life. Anybody familiar with the storms of life? There's some people in here right now, you feel like you're in one of those storms of life. But before I talk to you about the storms of life, can we talk about real storms? I mean real you know, like the real, like Florida, real, real storms. You know, I love history. And, you know, for thousands of years, people have been getting in ships and sailing all over the world, trade and, you know, colonization. And I mean, Spain, Spain and France and Portugal and England. And, and I mean, the Vikings were coming over to Canada. I mean, the Chinese, I, just all over the world, ships all over the world, thousands of years. Can you imagine how many hundreds and hundreds of thousands of ships are at the bottom of oceans because of storms? Hundreds of thousands of ships are at the bottom of oceans because of storms. Matter of fact, when we were over in Bulgaria, uh, they have found about 55 ships at the bottom of the Black Sea. And they're in beautiful condition. But they're uh, Byzantine, Greek, and Roman ships. They're all 2,000 years old. What do you think sent them to the bottom of the Black Sea? Storms. Now, if it's hundreds of thousands of ships, how many people? How many people have found themselves sinking to the bottom of the ocean because of storms? Being millions, right? 
Now let's, let's move it back over to the storms of life. How many believers, and you all know some, how many, and it's not going to be you, uh, how many believers, you know some, and some of them are in your family, uh, and it's not going to be you. How many believers have found themselves sinking to the bottom of God's will for their life because of the storms of life? Now, I didn't say hell. I said the will of God. There's people y'all know, come on, that love, love God, they're saved, but they're not in God's will right now. Come on, they're out of God's will. Why? A storm of life came their way. They had the wrong defaults. And now they're somewhere they don't want to be. I'm, I'm giving you a heads up on what's coming. And we got to have the right defaults. And churches have to have the right defaults. So just a few things about the storms of life. Number one, Jesus didn't say if they come. He said when they come. So listen, you had them last year, guess what you're going to have next year? There's going to be some storms. Number two is not all these storms of life are the devil's fault. I know we want to blame the devil for everything. We give him far too much credit than he deserves. Sometimes there are storms of life just because we stupid. Ignorant. I mean, there's a lot of things Laura and I have been through in life devil didn't have nothing to do with. We made bad, wrong choices. And what's amazing about all of us is we can be making all these wrong choices and be justifying everything we're doing. Or minimizing everything we're doing. We're all good at that. We're all good at that. A lot of these, lot of these storms they ain't got nothing to do with the devil. If you go put an electrical, a butter knife into this electrical socket, don't be, uh, don't be blaming that on the devil. Keep that butter knife out of that electrical socket. Amen. But here's the thing about the storms of life: they're all an opportunity for something good inside of you to grow and something bad in you to die. They're all an opportunity. They're an opportunity. They're an opportunity for your life to be changed if you got the right defaults. See, one of the things we need to learn how to do is be rebellious. We're not rebellious enough. We need to be rebellious. Now, not against God. Not against the Word. Come on, not, not, not against, come on, our people. But we need to be rebellious against the storms of life. If, if a storm's trying to push you north, go south. If a storm's trying to push you east, go west. Whatever that storm's trying to get you to do, do the opposite. How many of you can relate to this? Mama, mamas, daddies, you're in the kitchen. You're making some breakfast. Your little blessing, that little tiny human of yours, has uh, the fat fork or knife in his hand. And what are they doing? And all of a sudden, you start twitching. And finally, you snap. Quit banging on that table. Come on, Jordan. You know you did that. Jordan, you know you had to get that last hit in. Come on. Quit banging on that table. What is that? It's rebellion. It's in, it's in that tiny human little flesh, isn't it? We need to learn how to be rebellious to the storms. In other words, 
When the storms of life hit, a default kicks in that's rebellious. Brother Philip, I'm going to need you to be more specific. I'm so glad you asked. One of the hardest things to do when you're in the middle of a storm is love, love, love greater. We don't want to love greater. We want to love less. We want to get gripey. We want to bite everybody's head off. We want to rip somebody a new one because it feels good. And then we want to double dog dare them to say anything to us about it. Brother, man, my God, man, why, why are you so gripey? Good Lord, what's going on? Well, if you knew what I was going through right now, you wouldn't ask me such a stupid question. God! That's the easy thing to do, isn't it? Now when you're in the middle of a storm, love greater. Teach the storm. Storm you mess with me, I'm going to love greater. How about this? Well, let me say this. When you love greater, selfishness dies in you. When you love greater in the midst of a storm, selfishness will die in you. Forgive quicker. Brother Philip, you done lost your mind. Last thing I want to do right now is forgive anybody. When I get on the other side of this storm, everything dies down, then I'll pray about possibly forgiving that person. Well, anybody can do that. I mean, the world can do that. Can you forgive quicker in the midst of a storm? When you do, bitterness will die in you. Can you praise louder in the middle of your storm? Brother Philip, I don't like to get loud. I, I, I get quiet. I, I don't even like to be around praise. I, I don't want to praise nothing. I, I, that music just irritates me right now. They were sitting there praying. I, I, I don't... I, I, it irritates me. I'm going through something right now, and the last thing I want to hear right now is that music. You got the wrong default, don't you? Praise louder. Praise louder. And when you do, doubt will die on the inside of you. Worship deeper. Come on, you're going through something spiritually, physically, financially? I mean, get up to this altar and worship deeper. Go deeper. Deep's calling unto deep. Go deeper. And pride will die on the inside of you. How about this one? Give more. People shut off their tithing. They shut off their giving when they start going through a storm of life. Why? It's their default. I'm not saying this to brag on us. I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm bragging on God. Giving is my default. When I'm going through good times, I start writing more checks. When I go through bad times, I write more checks. Whatever's going on in my life, that is my default. If the devil backs me up into a corner, I come out giving. I come out giving. Uh, he's at a place now where they have conversations up and down in hell. Do we really want to mess with Philip? Because if we do, we know what he's going to start doing. He just starts writing more checks. I think maybe, possibly, I don't know, brother. What's your name? Corey. Corey. I don't know if you understand this, Corey, but I'll tell you. I think I'm getting really close to maybe possibly outgiving God. He's worried. He's like up in heaven and he's like, Son, I don't know if we got enough harvest to handle all of Philip's giving. He's about to exhaust all of the resources of heaven because they're giving so much. Are y'all buying any of this? Can you outgive God? Everybody knows that down in their spirit, don't you? Come on, everybody just say, you can't outgive God. 
get a little, get a little, get a little, uh, get a little sassy with me. Say, Brother Philip, you can't outgive God. See, we all know that. But he, but here, here's the funny part. Even though we all know that, then why aren't we trying? It's amazing how we can know on one hand you can't outgive God, and then on the other hand, there's no attempt to even try. When your default is to give more, come on, greed will die on the inside of you. It's easy to give more after you win the lotto. Can you give more when you're in the middle of a storm? I'm giving you the keys to life here. I'm telling you, if you'll develop the, the correct defaults, when these storms of life hit, you come out of them better, not bitter. Bad things on the inside of you die and great things on the inside of you grow. And when it's all said and done, the devil wishes he wouldn't have messed with you. Because it backfired on him. Now look at this next scripture here. It says, we have in verse 13, we have in the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Turn to somebody and say, you have the spirit of faith. You have the spirit of faith. We believe, therefore we speak. In other words, everything that I'm talking about, you got to get it in your heart and you got to get it in your mouth. You have the spirit of faith. You want to thrive regardless? You got to get it in your heart and you got to get it in your mouth. We're going to feel that's not really my personality. I don't give a rip what your personality is. This ain't got nothing to do with your personality. It's got something to do with you having the spirit of faith and it's got to get in your heart and it's got to get in your mouth and it doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are we have the spirit of faith what are you doing with it how responsible are you with it Do you, are, are you a good steward over that spirit of faith that's on the inside of you in other words if i came walking up into this place this morning and i said i have the spirit of a musician on me which ginger would know is not correct but if I said I had the spirit of a musician, what would your expectations be in me? Well, then get up there and play, big boy. Right? You got the spirit of a musician. Get up there and play. If I walked in here and I said, I have the spirit of a prophet on me. What would y'all what would y'all expect? Then prophesy, big boy. Well, if you have the spirit of faith, What should we expect from you? When you get squeezed by good times or bad times, what comes out of you? The Word. Come on, you got the spirit of faith, right? You're born again. You love Jesus. You're a new creature in Christ. You got the spirit of faith. If I squeeze you, man, the Word ought to be in your heart, in your mouth. We believe, therefore have we, therefore we have spoken you've got the spirit of faith you've got the spirit of faith it's amazing how we put so much faith in things and then we don't put that same faith in the word right uh, for instance let's, let's just say I'll, I'll use my brother here so uh, what, what's your name Devin. Devin so Devin imagine tonight about 9 o'clock you get a phone call 
And so it's 9 o'clock, you pick up the phone. It's an old friend. You hadn't seen them maybe since you were in your early 20s, you know. It's been a long time. You're like, hey, brother, how you doing? I'm doing good. Oh, praise God. It's good. And y'all just sitting there chatting and everything, and it's just good and catching up. And he goes, all of a sudden, Devin, he goes, hey, listen, the reason I called Devin is because we just came into a lot of money. And I was praying, and the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said to send you a hundred thousand dollars. I got everybody's attention right now. And Devin's like, "Okay, uh, well, well, praise God." And uh, you go, "Hold on, just a second, right?" And he goes, "Yeah, is it a hundred thousand dollars?" And uh, and then you go, "Hold on, just a second." You're about to have a heart attack. You know, you got to thin your blood out a little bit. And so he's telling you, hey, listen, I love you. I believe in you. I know God told me to do this. There's, there's things y'all are believe God for. Just go to the bank on Tuesday morning, and there'll be a cashier's check waiting for you. And you're like, oh, brother, thank you so much. And you just, man, you're just, you hang up the phone, and y'all hugging and kissing and crying and everything. And you start singing, look what the Lord has done. I mean, you'd be, you'd be excited, right? Then you start calling people. You're like, oh my God, you ain't gonna believe what just happened. And so y'all be calling Ginger and Paul. You'd be like, Paul, Ginger, oh my God, we just got this phone call. And there would be some people you wouldn't call. Because, you know, you'll kind of keep things on the low, low with certain people. You know, you don't tell everybody. You just kind of tell your faith people. You know, you, you know what I'm talking about. You ain't gonna sleep that night. You're laying there the whole night thinking about what you're gonna do with that $100,000. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna tithe. Everybody say tithe. I got to do some giving and then, and then okay then we're going we're going to save some and then we're going to invest some and then we're going to do this and do that and we're going to pray and you're sitting there all night long you're not y'all all know you, this is what would be going on in y'all's life y'all wouldn't sleep that night you'd wake up in the morning in the best mood of your life you'd dance all the way to work look what the lord has done what's wrong with you oh nothing where would you be at 8:30 on tuesday morning If they're late, I'm going to cheat them. They better not be late. Come on, you come out of the bank with your check. Look what the Lord has done. Now, for three days, you're happier than you've ever been in your life based on somebody you hadn't talked to in 20, 30 years. But we can't get that fired up on what the Word of God says. The promises of God. Come on. You know what that spirit of faith does? The spirit of faith gets more revved up over what the Word says than what a random phone call has to say. You've got the spirit of faith. And last scripture, last one you're going to get. Spirit of faith always says this right here. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up by Jesus and shall present us with you. The spirit of faith always, 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 always says God's raising us up. Just as God raised Jesus from the dead, He wants to raise you up. Listen, He wants to raise up your marriage. He wants to raise up your finances. He wants to raise you up spiritually, physically, financially. He wants to raise up your health. He wants to, he wants to raise up your kids, parents. He wants to raise up your grandchildren. He wants to raise you. He wants to raise up your ministry, your calling. Come on, your gifting. He wants to raise up the Christian church at Minden. 
this church is pretty already pretty up. Well, there's always more up. He wants to raise up Paul Gray Ministries. He wants to raise up your pastors. He wants to raise up the youth group. He wants to raise up the children's ministry. He wants to raise up the young adults. He wants to raise... I know many, very few churches give into missions like you do. He wants to raise it up even more. There's no aspect of life that God doesn't want to raise you up. But you've got to get that in your heart and you've got to get that in your mouth regardless of the storms. Regardless of November elections. Regardless of what's going on in the economy. Regardless of what you hear on the newspapers. You've got to declare, oh, we're going to thrive regardless. God is raising us up. He's going to raise up, go fresh. Already pretty up. There's always more up. Come on, what's in your heart and what's in your mouth? God wants to raise us up. He wants to raise us up. Stand to your feet.